So tonight, I'm not sure what you named this. We named it Love in the Little Things. Love in the Little Things. So we've been studying 1 Corinthians 13. It began uh, back, I don't know what, was this the last time Mark was here? Mark King was here a year ago when I had heard him preaching on love. And when, on his way here, I said, Father, I pray he preaches on love. I, I want him to preach on love. And I did that for me. I, you know, the, more, the closer you walk with God, the more you walk with God, you start looking at your own life and going, I don't, I'm not all that good with this. I'm glad I wasn't as bad as I used to be, but there was room for growth. Well, he, he confirmed it when he got with us, and he told me, he said, you need to work on your love walk. <laughs> and so I said, amen to that. You know, I can, I can receive it. So I picked up the book and began to study it, and I, and, and I found out that you have to read it, and you have to meditate on it if you expect it to work. And Lisa will affirm, and I'll get her to affirm, that I've done a lot better than I used to. Is so, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. So, Pastor and I have said this term, and we said it during this time. By the way, welcome to all of you online. We love our online world, too. We're glad you're sitting in your pajamas watching us from your couch eating popcorn. Anyways, we're glad you're here. So, Pastor said this the other day, I said it before, and now I've decided to change what I say. He said, because Jimmy Evans said, you know, like I would say, Daryl makes a great Daryl, or Lisa, he would say, makes a great Lisa, but Daryl makes a terrible Jesus, but he makes a great Daryl, or Lisa makes a great Lisa, but she makes a terrible Jesus. I said, you know what, I'm not going to say that anymore. Because the truth is, is what are we doing here on Wednesday night? We're going from glory to glory. We're teaching you how to, to, to grow in love. And we are way further ahead of the game than we were. Amen? So I'm going to stop calling people terrible Jesuses because they are growing, growing Jesus. in Jesus. In the and the glory and the light of God is showing and shining more and more. So you are not a terrible Jesus. Love is a strength. It's not a weakness walk in love. So anyway, 1 Corinthians in the Amplified, let me start. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. That's what we're going to do tonight. Love is not rude. Now, if you would, in your book, Go to page 14. I want to read it in the Jordan. Do you want to read it? Sure. Love. So tonight, the, the sermon title is, is, we didn't put the word courtesy up, but courtesy is, Henry Drummond said, courtesy is love in the little things. So tonight, we're going to talk about love in the little things of life and how that makes such a huge difference when we do that and what it really is. So in the Jordan translation on page 14 of your book, it does not act up. Nor try to get things for itself. Next page 16, it says love does not envy since it is non-possessive. Um, down, down to the bottom, love is not puffed up treating others arrogantly. It does not behave rudely but displays good manners and courtesy. It, so it is, like Drummond said, 
Um, and, and I'm going to turn that and let you read it. So I'm going to read the definition of courtesy while he's looking for his, himself. Um, courtesy is the showing of politeness in one's attitude and behavior toward another. So, well, what is politeness? Well, we'll just go ahead and fix that now. Politeness is just being considerate and respectful of others. Okay. So I'm going to read Henry Drummond's book. This is the book that Mark read and threw in the trash. The fifth <laughs> ingredient is a somewhat strange one to find in the summum bodum. Courtesy, this is love in society, love in relation to etiquette. Love does not behave unseemly. Politeness has been defined as love in trifles, T-R-I-F, trifles. Courtesy is said to be love in little things, and the one secret of politeness is to love. Love, I think I'm in the right page. Yeah. Love cannot behave unseemly. You can put the most untutored person in the highest society, and if they have a reservoir of love in their heart, they will behave themselves. Unse- they will. They will not behave themselves unseemly. It simply cannot do it. Um, gen- so you know the meaning of the word gentleman. It means to be a gentleman, a man who does things gently, with love. A gentleman cannot be of nature. Ungentleman, ungentleman things. The ungentleman soul is inconsiderate, unsympathetic nature, cannot do anything else. So love does not behave unseemly. So it's talking about, we're talking about manners. So one of the things we're going to start off with is in our society today, people have become rude and they've become unmannerly. And you might think that's not a big deal in our life, but in our society today, it is a huge deal. Thing because it seems like people have just become rude, and um, God doesn't want us rude. And I don't know about you, I don't like rude people. Go ahead. So let's read uh, Joshua Titus three twelve. Did you find it in the ESV translation, or no? If you didn't, that's fine. Let's go ahead and read it on the screen up here for the big for the big guys here. All right, Titus three twelve. Did, did you guys get my notes? Nope, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. So Titus 3.12 says, um, what is that? That is weird. What book is that? That is the book of Jonah or Enoch or something. Oh, I'm sorry, 3.2. My bad. I'm the book of Jonah. <laughs> my bad, not 3.12. My note said 3-2, just saying. Speak evil of no one, avoid quarreling, to be gentle. Thank you, ESV. To be gentle and to what? Show perfect courtesy toward all people. So even God wants that, and that's what he is asking for in, in love, is to cons- be considered, consider your behavior and your attitude towards others when you're dealing with others, even when you have to say some hard things, consider your behavior and your attitude. So, so we're going to tell go a few stories, but let's start with unmannerly. What happened to the day we taught our children 
to open doors are the boys to open doors for the elderly or open it for women or to put the cart back or to say yes ma'am and no ma'am and to and not to run in and start talking in the middle of an adult conversation to where you have to look at him and go not now honey not now honey not now honey not now honey you know because those are manners and children, they're going to break them, and it's up to you and I to teach them to have manners. Now, I remember when I was a boy, um, I said, I watched, um, I think it was Red Skelton or something, and so one of the, on the television, you, there was no cursing on TV. And I remembered I heard drop dead. I heard someone say drop dead. So Nancy came in and said something, and I said, drop dead. And I found myself eating ivory soap in the bathroom. And my mother drug me in there and said, we will wash the filth right out of your mouth. And she made me bite down on it and get soap in my teeth. And she scrubbed my teeth until I decided I would never say drop dead again. And, you know, I had a good mom, and um, when my grandfather would come over, and, you know, to me, he was just an old geezer. But you better not disrespect him or talk back to him because I brought you in the world, and I can take you out, son. And so I remembered one day my mother came in the room, and I called her one, one time, once, an old woman. And I had a bullwhip on the wall, and she showed me that she knew how to use it. And my mother is a redhead, and, and I mean, she beat me with, I mean, she said she's going to beat me to death. And I think she was serious for a few minutes, and her arm wore out. And I mean, when she left the room, someone says, what'd you say after that? I said, ma'am. <laughs> so my story is, when I was in junior high. She never did anything wrong Oh, I, I did, occasionally. But um, when I was in junior high, my mother, on Mother's Day, so my mother is 40 years older than me. So my grandmother, and she was almost the baby of eight children. So her mother was like 100 years older than me. <laughs> so, so I'm just she saying. She was when we got married. So my old. mother could have been my grandmother. Okay, so do you get the math, and then her mother's way older than her, and so we're talking, it's just a different type of family. So um, my mother makes my sister, but she acted young. My mother makes my sister and me wear matching sundresses, long dresses, and, and they were cute and pretty and all that, but I was in seventh grade. I did not want to match my sister, who was 12, five years younger than me. We had these cutesy little white sundresses, Mother's Day, and they were sundresses. So she decides to take us over to Grandma's house, called a Grandma Pearlie, who was really old to me at that time. And so I'm like, okay, first of all, I didn't want to wear matching dresses. I don't want to be in this dress, period, because I don't enjoy dresses. And now I'm standing in front of my grandmother, and my grandmother opens the door. And she, not, hello, not, we're, I'm so glad to see you. She said, what has this generation come to, showing their body like that? I mean, she's like ragging on my sister, and I for wearing a sundress because we're showing our shoulders. And so uh, I was mad. I was hot. When I got home, I, 
I was just mad. My mother said something, you need to calm down. And I'm like, and she, she started standing up for her mom. And I said, that old hag. I heard it for the first time in junior high school, so I really wasn't sure. I knew it was probably not a good thing to say. But I was hot, I was mad, and I called my grandmother a hag. And, yeah, I got soap. Only time, but I did get soap. We both got soap. (laughs) So that's rude, isn't it? So let's look at another one here. Let's let's look at some unmannerly things. Let's talk about manners. What about um, conversations with people? What is protocol. What is proper protocol when you're in a conversation? For instance, is this a short conversation or a long one? And when do you decide that it's time to get in a one-hour conversation? You need to learn that when you come up and approach people, for instance, on a Sunday morning, is not the time to nail someone down and get them into a lengthy, I want to start with it back in the 1927s when you're about ready to go to lunch. You need to learn manners. Manners is, hey, can we get together someday and talk? And that would be yes, and you need to understand that when you're addressing someone, be conscious of they have time. They, time is valuable to people. And your time is valuable to people. And you need to be respectful of the people around you, especially when you have a room full of people. It's amazing how many people will walk up and get in and ask a question. And I'm going, well, we'll be here all day. Can we meet later? You know, and I want you to understand that you need to be respectful of time. Also, when you walk up and someone's talking in the foyer, and you walk up and stand one foot away so they know you have something to say. Thank you all for your enthusiasm. One more time. Let me tell you, am I being too strong? Yes, I am. She said, calm down. When you're, when you're standing there and me and Zach are having a conversation and Joe walks up within about six inches and stares to let me know, I need to have a talk with you. I'm like, move back over there and let us finish. And you know, they're y'all getting this. Yes. And I'm using me. But, but it's common It's common in church. It's common to just be rude. And now, there are times, and Lisa and I have talked about this with our staff, where they are shooting the bull. And we walk up and go, are we working? Are we shooting the bull? So we need to have a talk with you. Now, let's go. There's a time you can interrupt someone. There's a time that you can walk up and say, i got to break this conversation up. We've got to go. You know, so, but, but um, one of the things is being very conscious. So we read a book one time about in heaven, when Jesus is talking to someone, no one walks up. I mean, they just know you don't walk up and get in the middle of a conversation when Jesus is talking to somebody. It, now, why, I'm, I'm saying, let's learn it here. Let's, let's be very conscious of people's time and, 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 and what's being said, what's being done, and the proper time. And the proper place. So it's and all about place. time and placement and humility, right? So this lady went to heaven, and that's what she observed. One of the biggest things she observed was that, you know, she wanted to talk to Jesus so bad, and he had not made his way to her yet. 
Um, she was in a wonderful place. She had seen family members. They had talked to her. She had seen her angel. He had taken her to certain places he wanted her to see, but she hadn't seen Jesus yet. And she was very bothered about something that had happened on earth. She wasn't like crying or sad. She just, she wanted to talk to him about it. So this is what the issue was. But what she noticed is that when Jesus was talking to a person, nobody approached nobody him, approached him until he was done and that person walked off. And he turned and faced her and let her know it's time for you to come. Yeah, up. very interesting. So let's talk about let's let's talk about the 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 um, the talking. When now let's go to husbands wives. Are you have you trained yourself to listen, or are you thinking of what you're going to say while they're talking? I'm going to tell you this is not easy to do. So whenever your spouse is talking, number one. Lisa will get into this. Don't interrupt in the middle of what they said because you think what they're saying is not important. Thank you all for y'all's amens and thank you, Jesus's. Listen, to them, it's important. So you need to be listening enough that if they ask you, what did I say? You could quote it back because it does no good for someone to talk. That's, in other words, you are unimportant, and what you think is unimportant, and I can't wait to you to shut up so I can talk. Is anybody in here, don't say amen too loud right now. Just, just, just sit there and don't put any elbows in anybody. All right. Now, the next part of this, the next part of this is if you are the one doing the talking, don't unload 45 minutes so that the other person has to take notes and come back to point one an hour from now. That's true. Stop and take a breath before you go to point two and let the other persons talk. Now, listen, no one said you had to agree. Mm-hmm. Three amens and a grunt. Okay, let's see if we can increase that. <laughs> I want you to understand that submission or respect is not agreement. Lisa and I were talking to someone one time, and they were talking and talking. They said, do you agree? And she went, no. And they got all mad at her. And they, Well, you, you know, you're listening. Well, I'm listening. I'm listening to you, and, and I'm respecting what you're saying. I want to hear your, what you're saying. Do you, you know, you agree with, I don't agree with it. Oh, and there, it doesn't mean that you have, listen, give people space. You could be right and they might need to process it. Yeah. Just if, if you're right, truth will prevail. Okay. Okay. So, so let's, let's talk about that. That's really good. Every, every one of us in here need to work on. Every one of us, when someone says something, we're like, we got this comeback. And some of us think our comebacks are amazing. And so we want to like, mm, jut it in right there so we don't forget it. But what we really need to work on is listen to them on what they're really saying or trying to say. And if your comeback is still there in three minutes... Maybe you need to say it, maybe not, but if it's not there, it's okay. It didn't need to come out of your mouth. So it can't be all about hear me and what I have to say. Really listen to what they're saying. 
because it may change what you're about to say. You might have perceived it a certain way, and it wasn't that way at all. Now, let's talk about this, and I just wrote it down just so I'd remember, but is, I'm going to ask you a question, is disagreement impolite? No, it's not. Is differing views impolite and inconsiderate? No. So here, here's the thing. The, the, the problem is, is that when you're talking to someone, and if you'll just take this approach, if you'll just think about this when you're talking to them and they get all upset, too many and so many people take their viewpoints in and carry it as their identity and their security. So the minute you disagree with their viewpoints, to them, they're hearing, I don't like you. And they become insecure and they fight. It's fight and flight. So what you have to say to them, and it's, it's all about how you disagree with people. You don't have to be ugly. You don't have to be loud. You don't have to be angry. You can just say, I, I don't see it that way. I can't see it. I disagree. You can be kind. But what you're going to have to say to some people, because kindness doesn't win everybody, but because they're just so steeped in their insecurities. And Sometimes you're not going to win anything you do. Thank you. So, so they don't understand that you're challenging their viewpoint and not their identity and them. So yes. what you're going to have to say is this. I don't, we say this all the time to people. We have to, and it helps disarm them. It wins almost every case, not every case. Helps them settle down. You have to say, I don't dislike you as a person. Well, that's true. I love you as a person. You're valuable. Because is that the truth? Now, you may not be feeling fluffy about them at the moment. This is not about feelings and how fluffy you feel about them. The truth is, is that you value them because of the blood of Jesus. So that is a true statement. So you say, I don't dislike you as a person. I just don't agree with your viewpoint. Let me give a little story. Are you okay? I'm good. A little story. I told you this a couple weeks ago. Went out with a married couple, my friends. I paid the bill for breakfast, and he... I put a tip on a table. A it was one. more a than the, it was more than the bill. I wanted to personally bless the, the waitress. And so he grabbed my hand and said, No, that's too much. And I I mean, that's kind of like, who grabs somebody's hand and says, Don't give them that much money? Well, he, he did. So I said, Get your hands off me. I'm giving this to the waitress. Okay? He's like, that's too much money. I said, who are you to tell me how much money I want to give to somebody? I said, you're being tight. I wasn't yelling at him. I wasn't screaming at him. I just said, you're being tight. Let yeah. me give to this person. Well, that's dumb. I'm like, okay, I'm dumb, but let me be blessed. Okay? And so now... They don't want to talk to me anymore. Well, they called her on the phone and said, the lady, you, you've offended my husband. You and, didn't respect him. And Lisa said, well, let like, me talk I to him. I didn't agree with him grabbing my hand and telling me not to give to a waitress. So, you know, that, that's the only thing there is that you are going to have to. Some people are just very stubborn and bullheaded. <laughs> and so you have to go, you know what? I don't agree with your viewpoint. If I want to bless someone, let me bless them. But I'm not, I'm not disrespecting you because you didn't get your way. That's all. 
So the thing is, that's where you walk in love because these are Christians and they're not mature. They're not in church. They're not obeying God. They're mad at everybody. And, <laughs> and we're in there trying to help them a little bit, and now they're mad at us because we gave the waitress too much money. And so uh, Lisa called him tight. <laughs> you don't call my husband tight. Well, he's tight. But okay. he was tight. He's tight. And so... <laughs> Uh, so these are things that we deal with with people. So, so I want to go back. Um, uh, now I lost my train of thought. First Peter come back? three eight. Your, Is it going to come back? Your train's coming back. It's coming. It's a slow okay. train coming, but it'll come back. <laughs> Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy. Bro- that's the name of a song by Josh Black. Brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. That humble mind talks of courtesy. Be humble in your mind. Display humility. You you can do what's right, and you can say the right things in the right way, and you can disagree, but be kind. Amen? Amen. And then what about 5-5, 1 Peter 5-5? Is your train back yet, baby? 1 Peter 5-5. Nope. Josh, where's 1 Peter 5-5? All right, I'll read it on my phone. 1 Peter 5-5. Let's see who gets there first, me or Josh. All right, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with what? Humility towards one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives what? Grace to the humble. You know what? Even if you don't get all your comebacks in, God gives grace. Unmerited, undeserved favor to you because you're humble. Okay, I remember what I was going to say now. It came back. There have been times when Lisa and I would be having a conversation, and she would say something so completely off the wall, and I would respond. That is about as dumb as it gets right there. Wow. And it would turn into (laughs) quite the... So one day I decided to listen to her, and when she finished talking... I would say, can I tell you what I heard? And she'd say, yes. I'd say, this is what I heard. She goes, no. I said, okay. Well, then the words you're using and the words I know, that's what that means. She goes, well, that's not what I meant at all. And I'm going, okay. Now, I'm just telling you, this is where patience comes in. And I realized that a lot of the problem, and I'm just going, well, that's about as dumb. That's just pure stupid. And, I, and what she's saying, what, I, what she said and what I heard was two different things. Men, help me out a little bit. Kenny, come on. You know. No, yeah. Kenny, Kenny's going to be quiet right now. So, so. <laughs> I mean, he's on my band. Lisa I mean. would use words, and I'm like, that doesn't, even, right that doesn't even compute with my mind. And so I learned to just slow down and go, just be very kind, to go, let me ask you, and it could be me, this is what I heard. Is. And she's like, well, that's not what I said at all. And I went, okay, well, that's what I heard. What did you say? And then by the time she says it, I go, oh, shoot, I get, I, yeah, I agree with that. And I found out that a lot of communication is, is that she has a way of constructing a sentence and using words that in my world don't, either don't exist 
or they're not the right word for that That's problem. That's the problem. Yeah. They don't and, exist in and to her, she's making perfect sense. <laughs> Any intelligent human being can understand what I just said. I mean, he is from Georgia. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Now. I just had to. But you know, this is where. This is where her and I would begin. We've, we've both had, we have both had to slow down. And Amen. we made a deal one day with one another. And I said, hey, are you, are you tired of being sick and broke? She says, I am. I said, let's stop Amen. all strife. Amen. And we did. We both came to an agreement that we would respect each other enough to talk. And both of us have had times when we raised our voice and, and we would go, You'll see her with me. Lower. And she says it nice. You're excited now. <laughs> I don't quite say it like that. I'm excited right now. <laughs> well, let's, let's come I, I back say, to an even keel. I say that hurt just like that. that yeah. So, so these are things that we have learned. But I'm telling you, when someone's talking, can't, if you don't get it, you don't agree, just say, can I tell you what I just heard you say? That fixes a lot of problems because then you get a chance to go, can I tell you what I, I think about that? Because you listen, if you want to be heard. Amen. Here. Yes. Listen Amen. to them when they're talking. And, and it's, you say, now, now we're going to talk about another one right here. You're right in the middle of a conversation. I'm not talking fluff. And the phone rings. Mm. Leave it alone. Amen. You're talking, number one, your spouse. There's nobody on that phone unless it's the boys. And we're going, hold on, this is Jordan, and I'll go pick it up. You know, mm-hmm. we, that's one of those we, asking, you know, is this something, you know what I mean? Well, can I call you back in a few minutes? Okay, Jordan, back, and we're back to talking. You, you've got to understand that person, you're wanting them to listen to you. You can't treat them like this is not a big deal because it's a big deal to them. Does that make sense? Okay. So the other day, prime example, I was in my office. I don't get a lot of phone calls in my office, but I happened to be talking to a lady insurance with our building, and I was talking on the phone with her, my cell phone, and my phone started ringing. It was kind of loud, and I, at that moment, I haven't learned everything about it, how to get everything turned down whatever, and she's like, oh, do you need to get a phone call? I'm like, no, you're, you're of importance. You called me. I took the call, and so you're going to be handled first before whoever's ringing my desk. I said, you know, I just believe that's protocol. That's proper. So what about when we walk up to the parts counter at the jet ski place or the car dealership and we actually took the trip down there to the dealership, and we are in front of the man that's helping us, and the phone rings, and he picks up and takes the call, and I'm just like, you know, maybe I need to go back home and call. I've asked so them for their phone number so I could call him. <laughs> I said, what's your phone number? He said, well, yeah. I said, I want to call you so you'll talk to me. That's just rude. That's just rude. <laughs> We're talking being rude. That's All right, let's rude. talk about families now. Are you all ready? All right, go. let's go. Christmas. Oh. Society today, it used to be that when the kids left home, two, three, four kids, they had one mom and one dad. So going home for Christmas 
not all that big. Then they get married, they got another one. But now they've got mom and dad who've been divorced. And they've got mom and her new husband, and dad and her new his new wife, and then his mom and her new and and everyone wants you there Christmas morning at ten o'clock. Thank you. So at some point we have to start understanding. We have to quit demanding people. Yeah. To you know, I mean, we you know, I in our own family, I've had people say, "Well, so and so is expecting me." Tell them no. And then, you know, Joyce Myers is the one that, that, that got me on this thing. I've told our girls, you don't have to come this year at all, but you do next. I'm priority next year. And then, they, and then after that, this one and that one. And you have to have a little bit of grace with people now. You, you cannot become the center of attention. That's just rude. That, I've, I've seen kids, they eat Christmas dinner four times in the morning. Well, Dad, I can't eat too much right here. I'm fixing to eat lunch again in 30 minutes. And they leave in 30 minutes. And they minutes. leave in 30 minutes. And I'm going, <laughs> well, you blow in, blow up, and blow out. Thank you. It's rude. It's just rude. Boy, I'm all excited. So we sat with our girls and sat with the boys and said, we will never put you through that. And you need to, you need to tell your kids that. But your kids also, you need to know that when your parents have invited you over for dinner, it is not until you get to the next thing. Sit down, relax a while. Everyone else can wait. We're talking about getting over being rude. Are y'all all right with that? There, our society has gotten so like the world. Our kids don't have any idea how to function in it unless we look at them and say, it is okay, but when you come over, take your shoes off. Put the cell phone down and stay a while like the Beverly Hillbillies. Okay. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know... We've probably said this before, but Galatians 5.14 says that the... Uh, go ahead and put that up, Josh. The whole law is fulfilled in this one word. What is it? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't want to be treated a certain way, don't, don't treat someone else that way. If you don't want to be interrupted in a conversation, don't keep interrupting people in the middle of their conversations. You may not be able to, you may not be able to talk to them that Sunday. And that's, that's a bummer, but get their cell phone number and text them when you get home. I mean, um, I try, the issue with us is that if we make it to the foyer, um, you know, there's always one or two people that want to have a counseling session right there. So I've learned how to have quick counseling sessions and move on and hug somebody else. But um, I've also learned how to be kind to them and to say, hey, you know what? We've got an office phone number. Contact the secretary. We've got the perfect person <laughs> who will talk to you. And, um, you know, and you don't leave them out like we don't care about you. But, you know, we're talking about in-depth conversations to me. Hey, you know, I want to talk about my husband and I marriage. I'm like, hey, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 7. If you can get those down, you're going to make it. <laughs> See, the, tr- the, truth is, the truth is we do want to talk to you. We do. We, we do. do want to talk to you. Amen. But, but we can't give you, we, we really can't sit and listen to that when 20 people are around waiting. To, it, it's, this, this, the circumstance does not merit it. So let's go to another one here on, on parenting and, and children. Um, Ephesians 6, 1, children, obey your parents and the Lord. Now, this is talking about little children 
I understand. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you and you'll live long on the earth. Okay, I'm going to read something I wrote down here. Parents, honor. Okay, we are to honor our parents. Nothing in the Bible says parents honor your children. So if you're a young person, let me explain something to you. Your mother and your father do not have to come to your house. They've paid their dues. Don't go quiet on me. It's okay. You're to honor your parents. Mom, come, I came to you last week. You come to me now. No. Now, I did not say you needed to submit to your mother and father anymore. You're an adult. I did not say you had to agree with your mother and father anymore. But you will never dishonor them. You will treat them with respect because that's your mother and that's your father, and you will never open your mouth and correct them and rebuke them in public. Amen. Amen. You're, you know, you just do not. There's things you don't do. My mother told me that with my grandfather, and I, and I called him an old geezer and said, you will never, longest day you live in my house, disrespect my father. And she meant it too. And uh, I learned respect for elderly people. I call, you know, uh, my mother said, her name is Mrs. Jones. I said, well, mama, she told me to call her Tammy. You heard me. Her name is Mrs. Jones for you. I don't care what she told you. She's an adult and you're a kid and you will do what I say. And I just learned young, you show people respect. Mm -hmm. And now let's come back to your parents for a minute because kids today need to learn how to honor the elderly and honor them. They might be slow, but they're not dumb. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. And we need to teach our kids these things because we've grown up in a world where they're watching TV and on television, they all sass their parents. And kids are growing up thinking that that's perfectly normal. And I'm like, not in my house, it's not. If, if we happen to watch a movie where that starts happening, we shut it off we like turn, it was rated R. We, We're like, it, We're not they might as that. well be having sex. We're not doing that. I turn it off. That kid gets to sass and dad. I look at Lisa and I go, where's the remote? Exactly. <laughs> and the other thing that's really important in the body of Christ and in spouse and families you know, don't, number one, don't, don't rebuke someone in front of your friends and people. Never. Even, e- even if they kind of don't do everything perfect, don't, don't just call somebody out on the carpet. Go to them privately. Especially your spouse. Especially your spouse. Never make fun at their expense. In public. something that's private between you two. Yeah, and, and so Lisa may go, not now. I said, wait, not now. We'll talk later. That means later will be really tough. But but she's not going to say anything that would embarrass me in front of. Let me tell you something about people. Whatever negative they hear about you, they never forget. They never forget. 
But they forget all the positives. They can, like, you until can, the next you could have hung the moon and it wouldn't matter to them. <laughs> if I mentioned swagger, everybody goes, I know, Jimmy Swagger, that's that preacher. It, it wouldn't matter all the sermons he preached and the thousands got saved. We know Jimmy Swagger. We know what he did. And it's always negative. So what, what, how do you want people to view your husband or your wife? Mm-hmm. Because you've already given them a bad opinion of them just by the fact that you don't treat them well. Woo, amen. Thank you, Jesus. And here, here's what we've learned. If we don't respect one another in front of our children, there, our children won't respect us. And they won't, res- they won't respect either one of us because we're not showing respect for each other. So they're like, why, why should we? It, they don't say it, but it's in their mind. So now you're turning and showing them that it's okay for them as they're coming up into a young adulthood. It's okay for them to throw out remarks and to be disrespectful and inconsiderate to their spouse. So always, always, well, you're just putting on a show. No, you're putting on love is what you're doing. You're putting on love. You're being considerate like the Bible, by the Bible says, and you can do that. I do my best to respect him in front of the kids. I mean, we're family. We all get to joking around and having fun. I'm not talking about that, but you can take jokes sometimes over the line. And when everything, when the face falls sullen, that's when everything stops and shuts down. We had, don't go any further. We had one instance in our house where one of the boys disrespected Lisa once. It never happened again. When the other two saw it, they decided I would rather die on a cross upside down than to ever do that. <laughs> because we went out in the front yard mm. and we closed the door and we had a talk. And listen, you don't let your kids sass. That's it. You want them to grow up and you want them to be good. They learn it at home. Mm-hmm. You're teaching them manners so they'll make it in life. Let me tell you something. They don't know manners. They're not going to make it. My sister Nancy just told me, she said, I had to fire a girl that came to work and she sat on the, on the phone all day. No. Put it away. You don't need to be on the phone all day at work. Okay. And the truth is, is that if you have grown kids, you can start now. It's not too late. Well, we messed up when they were little. No, you can start today. This yeah. very moment, you can start treating your husband, your wife, your kids the way the Bible wants you to treat them. And then all of a sudden, those at this moment in time will start perking up and taking note like dad's changed, mom's changed. They, 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 don't, they don't bicker and bite each other's head off in front of us anymore. They yeah. respect one another. Yeah. So I want to read this out of the book of Proverbs. Um, it's mm, Proverbs thirty eleven. There is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. There's a generation that's pure in its own eyes, yet it's not washed from its filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up. There's a generation whose teeth are swords, whose fangs are knives, who devour the poor from the earth and the needy from among men. Thirty eleven. Proverbs listen, 30, listen, 11. There's just too much of this going on. I watched on television one day about the riots up, up in um, one of the towns where... where Kids were rioting, and I watched a woman walk out and grab her daughter by her ear and drag her home. And she said, young lady, I mean, it was right on the news. I mean, right on the news. All the kids were just protesting, protesting, and this mama comes walking up, grabs her, and just bends her ear over, and the little girl's going, mom, not here. You will 
go home with me. And, and that lady made the news. I'm going, yay, we got one intelligent woman in the crowd. But, you know, you don't have to let your kids run crazy. Some man said to me one day, says, he says, my daughter, you know, she, she, she's sassy and all that, and she's on her phone. And I said, take her phone. Oh, I couldn't do that. What if I said, take her phone? I said, put her outside. Let her sleep outside. I, you, I'm a little on the brutal side. You, you get hungry. <laughs> okay. You, get, you know, hunger, hunger has a way of, are you hungry yet? No. All right. Stay outside another night. So we were living somewhere, I will tell you, somewhere. And one of the boys was really upset and mad, having a hard time. And they were running their mouth at like 2 in the morning. They were struggling and just, but we told them, you need to be quiet. You know, we'll revisit whatever's going on. We'll revisit this in the morning. But we all want to go to sleep. It's been a long day. So he didn't listen. He kept running his mouth. I just laid in the bed, and so I went up, and I told him, and the Lord said, whatever you tell him now, you need to keep your word. So I said, okay, so you need to calm down. You need to shut up, go to sleep, and we'll talk about this in the morning. If you don't, you're sleeping out on the porch. He didn't believe me. Yeah. Five minutes later, yakety, yakety, yak. I couldn't sleep. All right, out you go. Oh, I'm sorry. I won't do it anymore. It was cold outside. I, I promise. I won't do it. No, I know you won't do it anymore, but you are going outside. There was a screen, but, you know, it was a screen back in porch. Big in porch. black bear walked by that night within feet of this young man. And put a huge body size, bear body size hole in the in fence. In the fence. He went through it, but he passed by our son and scared the heebie-jeebies out of him. So by the next morning, he was a perfect gentleman. And we never had that problem ever again. Never had it again. He just, <laughs> mama will put you out and you can sleep in the yard. But, you know? I mean, I didn't really want to do it, but my husband And said, I know y'all think we it. have the perfect home, but it's, it's, it's not perfect, but it sure is getting there. Amen. It, it, you know, don't think that kids won't push your buttons and find out where is mom's button. I'm going to tell you where mom's button is. She'll let you sleep with the black bears. Amen. <laughs> when we ask God to take care of them, he did. Okay, let's go to Proverbs 13.10, please. All right. Courtesy. Now we're on courtesy. Proverbs 13.10. All right, Proverbs 13.10. Pop it on the screen. Colossians 4.6 is next, so look, just get ready. There you go. By pride and insolent comes only contention. When you are in a confrontation with one another, pride is there. If there was no pride, there would be no fight. Everybody got quiet. Go back to 1310, New King James Virgin. Now Can listen, you do that? Do you want Virgin? to know how many Virgin. times that scripture <laughs> Has shut me up. By pride comes nothing but strife. Now, but with the that means that wisdom. when I'm about to say something I don't need to say, it is obvious that I'm being proud. God said you're wrong. Yeah. And, and that scripture has stopped me many a day. Shut up. <laughs> Walk away, think about it, 
come back and address it in a few minutes when you have your wits about yourself. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I have a shorter fuse than some. I, I used to. it's getting longer. It's become much longer. Because you're a much better Jesus. I'm a much better Jesus before. than I used to be. <laughs> I want to tell you something about my personality. I abhor disrespect. Mm. You're disrespectful. I'm, I will have words with you. Are y'all out there? Did you go? Mary Fran walked up to me one day at Panera, and, uh, and, and she said, you hate disrespect. I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, all right then. So that's a big word with men. So why don't you define it's, that word? Because women don't always understand what it respect is. Respect is, is I'm a man, and if I say I got it, I got it. I don't, don't do my thinking for me. Listen, I'm, I'm a big boy. If I screw up, I can fix it. I don't need to be nagged into submission. I don't need to be talked to like I'm a, a boy. Mm-hmm. Don't shout me down, mm-hmm. man. And, and, you know, when you come walking in my office and start telling me what to do, I'm going to turn you around and march you out. I don't mind you asking me. And ask and say, here's my opinion. You can talk to me all day long. You march up and put your finger in my face and tell me. If you're a woman, I'll march you out. If you're a man, I'll break your finger. Pray for that God. No, I won't really. I won't really. (laughs) Snap. (laughs) Um. I've only been in two fist fights since I've been born again. And those were I didn't even know you. When I'm at work. When I'm at work, a, a man. Oh, I didn't know you. I was yeah, married. A you. man came up one day and threw mud on my boots, and I was having a discussion with my ex-wife on the way to, to work that morning, and I was not in a good mood, and he threw mud on my boots, and I climbed down and I knocked the. Uh, anyway, uh, I gave him a blessing, and um, we went at it, <laughs> you know, and and I had to go to God and him. Please forgive me. I'm a Christian. I'm sorry the way I acted. I didn't mean to <laughs> pop your f- mouth open a while ago. And, I, and, and, you know, it's just humbling to I stop. Mean, I and, told him I'm a Christian. Well, he knows I'm, I'm a Christian, but I had to remind him. I, y'all all know I'm saved and I'm a Christian and I'm not supposed to act like that. And, you know, and I had to back up. And, there, and I had another instance one day where this guy comes up and he's just smarting. And I had to pray in tongues and walk away. And I'm, leaning, I'm like, son, you really don't want a piece of me. That's true. You know, and, um, That's true. So. Amen. So Colossians 4, I won't 6. tell you the other fight. That's too close to home. But one day Lisa got in my face. What? Back when we were living at Effie. And I wasn't angry with her, but she came in there and started smarting off. And I picked her up off the floor. Now, this was when I laid block. I, I was a block mason, and I was massively strong. Both of my and I just reached over, and I grabbed floor. her, and I picked her up off the ground, and her feet were dangling in the air. And I, and I said, do you want to fight? And she straightened up and went, no. That's true. And by then, we're both laughing. But, I mean, she, she comes in there right in my face like a chihuahua to a German shepherd. And she's like, what? And I'm like, you want to fight? She's like, no. And then we both started laughing. And I sat her back down and I said, 
talk. <laughs> Amen. So that leads us to the next verse. <laughs> you see, we learn and we grow, right? Let your speech always be, be gracious. gracious. Season with salt and pepper so that you may know. <laughs> I know where she learned that one. So that you may know how you ought to answer each person. That's one I studied. Yeah. So he wouldn't pick me up off the floor. <laughs> so Lisa and I have another scripture. I don't know where it is. Study to answer. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes the spur of the moment is not the right thing. Right. Sometimes your emotions are in it. True. And, you know, Lisa will come in and she'll be, have a big day and, she, and I'll, she'll walk into the kitchen and I'll say something. And I'm like, Ooh. I don't think so. I'm like, be quiet. A minute later, she comes back. She goes, sorry, didn't mean to be sharp. You're forgiven. And we're just going. Amen. Because it used to be three days of silence. After she said it, and I said it, and then she said it, and I said it, and then we brought up her mother and my mother. <laughs> then, then it was a week. Then it was a week, you know, of silence. Remember the, remember the sermon, you always, you never your mother? You anytime always, you I, never Anytime I used to lose the fight, I'd always say, you always, you never your mama. And I'd bring her mother up. And, uh, and if I'm losing, I might as well lose big. <laughs> yeah, I slept on the couch. And he lost big. He lost big. Every time the mama, the mama, you know, card came up, is like, you want to talk about your mama? We can go. My my mother. We can talk about your my mama. mother. <laughs> we can talk about your mama. My mother always seasoned our food after she cooked it. Now, I don't know whether you've ever had someone do that, and you're eating, and she'd come by with a salt and pepper and and salt, and I'm like, mom. My food's fine. Want more salt? I, no, no. I, no, I don't know. No. So, so sometimes, sometimes, Want another egg roll? I, sometimes Want I'd walk up to Lisa rolls? and I'd be doing something. She'd say, she'd say, no, Peggy. <laughs> what that means and is, call me Martha. Quit asking, quit acting like your mom right now. I don't want salt on my food, you know. So we have fun with it now. We actually have an enormous amount of fun. We have fun fights. We fight smiling now. And we fight with Bible verses. I mean, two preachers in the house, two doctors. We can get the scriptures We'll flying. pop a scripture out. But the Pride problem comes is, by contention. is that we take them yes, all Yes, I know, and your mouth needs to be seasoned with salt right now. <laughs> I'm like, that was taken out of context. You might want to read the whole chapter. That was talking about revelation. <laughs> Anyways. So she does take scriptures out of context. I will tell you that. <laughs> but only at home. But anyway, what's next? What's next? I think you need to close. Okay. What is a gentleman do what? <laughs> I missed that. I think you need to close. It's almost time. No, we, we got six more minutes. Oh, okay. Okay, let's do this now. <laughs> what is a gentleman? What is a lady? Ooh. Listen to me, and I'm going to talk to the women for a minute. God made a man as a warrior. When he's That's watching good. football, leave him alone. He's going to make all kinds of noises, especially if he's in the living room with his buddies, mm. and you're not going to turn him into a woman. 
What the, the Pride and Prejudice movie <laughs> on on Pride and Prejudice when the girls are walking and the guys standing in the room doing nothing, and I'm like, what who, idiot? Who does that? Sits in the room and listens to women talk. <laughs> wow! <laughs> it's the only you part of the movie I just go. So so listen, you're, if you you married a man, he's a man. <laughs> Let him be a man. But now, men, I'm going to talk to you. When it comes to your wife, it is a strength to be a gentle man. You do not Amen. use your bravado on your wife. Amen. You do not need to prove to her you're a man. Amen. You're not a warrior to your wife. You can punch your buddies. You can do anything Amen. you want to with them. Amen. When it comes time to become home, you need to understand you're in the house with a lady, Amen. and she's not impressed with, Ugh! No. 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 But some men, I'm thinking, dear God, son, just you calm down a little bit. It's a strength of character for you to be gentle with your daughters, Amen. gentle with your children, Calm it down at times. Pull in the plug a little bit. Mm -hmm. Pull the engine down. Don't drive like a maniac when your wife's in the car. Boy, I'm doing good. It's called a gentle man. man. No one said you couldn't be a man. I mean, I had a lady came up to me one day, and I rode up on a motorcycle with Vance and Hines pipes on and all that. She looked at me, and there was another lady there, and they said, I said, hey, how are you doing today? I was talking to this lady in our church, and the lady went, who is that? She goes, oh, my God, it's my pastor <laughs> on a motorcycle. Honey, I ain't no sissy. But yet, when I'm home with Lisa, it's another ball of wax. He's gentle. Mm -hmm. You can, you can, you can. Calm it down. Don't treat the ladies like you do your buddies. Now, ladies, learn to be a lady. Mm -hmm. Amen. You don't have to be tough Amen. at home Amen. around your husband. That's true. You will get further with respect Amen. than you will with being boss. Because when you start bossing him, He's gone. You know the list you gave him last year to do? It ain't done. <laughs> respect works. Amen. Respect does now, work. I'm going to tell a story, but I don't tell who. We had a lady in this church that married a man that his wife did not respect him. And his wife passed away, and then she married him. And she poured respect on that man. And, I mean, he acted like he was 30 years old. And he would do anything she asked him. But his wife, he wouldn't do anything she said. Because she, 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 babe, she, she treated him like a son and not a man. And I looked at Lisa and I said, have you noticed Mr. Jones and how he's acting since he's remarried? And I mean, it, it was quite the, and, I, and Lisa and I, I said, you know what it is? She's, she's giving him respect and honor. She's treating him like he has a brain in his head. She, he's, he's, she's treating him very well. And, and he, boy, I mean, he couldn't do enough for her. It's sad the first wife didn't ever learn it. She's like, can I get you to do anything around this house? 
And the sad part about the second wife is that she knew how to treat a man. She knew what was the right thing to do, and that's how she got him. Unfortunately, she had a motive. Don't, don't go too deep. Behind it. Don't go too deep. You know, and we don't she, want them to know who it is. No, she just, it, it, you know, and so she, the minute they got married, she had him doing everything for her so much that it stressed him out and tired him out so that he couldn't keep up. <laughs> she finally killed him. <laughs> anyway. So, anyways, that was not a very good story. But this is all about men. <laughs> <laughs> So the truth. <laughs> when we get home, we have to take everything we know off and give it to God and go, Father, they're your kids. They're not ours. So let, let me say something else to, to ladies. And I'm just standing up because I'm tired of sitting. Listen, women, you have a soft side. You have a gentle side. But... Honestly, men, if you let them compliment you, they will. Men, if you let your, wom- your women compliment you, they will. That God made them for each other, and, and there's, there's a way, a balance. And so I've seen women get off, and I, I am so thankful. I've seen women of God get off when they lose their man or, or they pass away. They're, they just have that side to them that's missing, and... And in other words, I'm not going to talk about people, but I'm just going to talk about the fact, for instance, there's a lady in our church that she would take in every stray cat that ever came down the road and just drove her husband. It finally drove him out of the house because she would, she filled the house up with cats and dogs. And if anybody's ever lived with cats and dogs, four or five or 10, she, she decided she wanted to be the cat and dog orphanage. And he'd tell her, stop taking them all in. We can't take it all. It's, it, it's awful in here. She spent all of his money buying food for these animals, and the place stunk. And he didn't have a, a good, clean home to come home to. So the truth is, is women, you've got a great nurturing side to you. That is that side of God. But you're not supposed to nurture every insect, every bug, every animal, and every person on the planet. You're supposed yeah. to only do what you're supposed to do and what your husband agrees with. And anything other than that, let God touch his heart, but not 50 cats in your home and in your bed, right? And so women can get off, way off on that nurturing side, and they can get way out of whack and out of line. And men, they can get way off on that being a warrior and take it home and just run over and slice their wife, and they don't mean to. They don't mean to. So each one of us, men, women, need to use our strengths for, for good and to let the other one complement our weaknesses. So, so I've noticed this about Lisa and, and our boys. She, you know, when, the, when, the, when a noise is in the house, she's out of the bed before she knows she's awake. I mean, it's like... Boom, she's there. As the boys got older, she would say, well, I wonder how Justin's doing. I wonder how Jordan's doing. I'm going, they're adults. Well, they'll mess up. They'll be fine. You have to use your masculinity to go, you're a good mama. But you have to let them make mistakes. 
Leave it alone. And you got to balance each other out. You have to respect each other's gifting and realize that my wife is a nurturer and she loves her sons. I love them too, but there are times that I've stepped in and I've said no. And in my house, I don't say it a lot. I, live, I give her and, a, and the kids a lot of rain. But when I say no, it's no. She came to me one time and says, I want to adopt. No. We have a whole church. You want to, we've adopted them all. I want to come home to my house, not a house full of someone else's kids. You have to have a, a man and a woman have to have a safe haven that is your place. And, and not, don't let a lot of people in it. It's your house. It's your living room. It's your kitchen. Amen. Amen. So let, we're just going to close this out. And, and I, I, if, if you have a spouse, you can look at them or you, you have friends or whatever. The truth is here, every one of you needs to see each other as these are daughters of God. If you're a woman, you're a daughter of God. You're not, you're not just Catherine or just Angela or just Diane. You are God's daughter. You're not his granddaughter. You're not his great-granddaughter. You are God's daughter. And people, you know, you need to see your friends that way that are in the Lord. When you're married, that's God's son. Zach is God's son. Amber is God's daughter. And before you say something that you'll regret, I put in my head, I am about to say something to God's son. And if he doesn't like it, he's going to get on my case. And I really don't want to deal with God. And so I just back off. Now, my husband, and he's a lot better about it now. He doesn't really do this now. But, but there was a time when he would push me to talk. We're going to talk. We're going to deal with this right now. Right now. Come sit down right now. I'm like, you don't want me to talk to you right now. <laughs> just because of my personality. I will say something to him that I'll regret. Like, go take a long, you know, walk off of a short pier or something, you know. I mean, I'll say something that's just brutal, and I don't mean it. But in that moment, I really mean it. Like, I don't ever want to see your face again, you know. And then I come back and apologize. Well, I meant for it in that moment, but I, I'm okay now. So I just don't say it. And so I would look at him and go, give me 15 minutes. Give me 13, 30 minutes. Give me a day. You don't want to talk to me right now because I'll hurt you. And I don't want to hurt you. Because I love you. And so whatever works for you and your friends and your spouses, just know that they're God's children and you're about to say something to Jesus. So let me tell you something before you so, get out of here. What she's referring to now is years old information. Yeah, it, it, is, it is like rare we ever even have a spat. I mean, we have just so, we read our Bibles, we read our love books, and we work on it. We've worked on it so much that when we actually do have a disagreement, we end up, we end up throwing scriptures at each other in a joking way. And if I say something to her corrective, she'll look at me and go, you're right. And that's it. Or I'll think or about Or vice it. versa. She'll say, honey, don't do that. I'll say, you're right. And, yeah. and the way we, the way we started was not anywhere near where we are. I don't want you to get the idea, boy, they fight. We really don't. I mean, if we, I mean, I can't remember the last time we had one. I think it was in Miami when you were driving like crazy. Anyway, <laughs> she had her, she had her you phone just out. Me under the she bus had her phone out. She's watching her GPS <laughs> going through Miami traffic, and I'm in the back seat, and I said, put it down. She goes, and I'm watching you. I said, put it down. I'm watching the map. And I said, I know where I'm going. And I raised my voice. I said, 
I said put the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and like, Justin's okay, in the car and I went, you know, we don't fight, but we're about to have one. Put the phone down. And she Amen. went, okay, and put it down. I said, that's the closest we've had a fight in a long time. All right, let's pray. <laughs> that means. It's time to pray. That means shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Did you, are y'all enjoying this? Amen. Listen, we are no experts on this, but let me say something to you. Pick up this book. And begin meditating on it. And take each, like we're doing right now, take the words apart and study. Amen. Go back and study manners. Go back and study courtesy. Go back and study this stuff. Because I'm going to tell you something. Your, your marriage, you, you don't, 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 don't blow this one and say, I'll work on the next one. That's someone else's reject. That's true. You don't want that one. That's that true. one's already been rejected and thrown out. You got twice the trouble now and double the kids. Triple. <laughs> Triple the kids. <laughs> so it's better to work on the one you got. That's the most, that's the most important mm-hmm. person in your life right this minute. And then your own kids. Amen. Amen. We're ready to pray? You ready? Yeah. Take off. Father, thank you for this night. We thank you. you. You love your kids. We're all your kids. We're your sons. We're your daughters. And you want us to love each other as we love ourselves. As we want to be treated we should treat others. And so to, to, tonight, as we go home, as we contemplate what's been said, that we would look at each other and say, before I do this, before I say this, I'm getting ready to say it to Jesus. Do I want his rebuttal? And so, Heavenly Father, that has helped us in our, our own marriage. We want to please you. We want to love you. We want to love each other like you loved us and as much as we love ourselves we at least owe that to the other person and so heavenly father we ask you to seal these people protect them as they go home tonight we thank you that the love of god has already been shed abroad in their heart by the holy ghost father if there's any marriages in this room right this minute and and we understand they're not going to jump up here but if they're in the middle of this, we ask you right now for grace yes. to come upon them. Yes. For them to go home and stop and look at themselves and go, you know what? I can work on myself. Mm-hmm. And I can trust God to work on my spouse. Mm-hmm. Wherever, if you're in here, I just want you to understand your best days really are ahead of you. And we give you thanks, Father, for working in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, um, Andrew Walmack made a statement. He said, I'm not where I was, but I've, I'm, not as, I, I'm not as bad as I used, but I've left. I've not arrived yet. But I've left. But I've left. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that by this time next year that uh, we're doing better than we are now. Amen. And I, it's my goal. I'm reading this book. I still am reading it on a constant basis. And it's helped us. It's helped us both. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button or you can text 407-955-5345 and remember our pastor's vision is this we grow christians 
So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. 